Radio. Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 The Yakuza Kick Radio. This is the bulldozer of Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio, Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night, this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your gym, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Bearded Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that guy. You only fuck that. Black D. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J. Cat Morris. Uh, back, you know, just doing this thing. I, um... Want to come on here and do some, you know, topics and things like that. Uh, did the interview with Joker the other day and uh, really, really enjoyed that. Um, Joker's a great dude. Um, you know, again, I, I don't like to do that many interviews anymore. I, I've gotten the urge lately to do a couple interviews. So I'm probably going to have a couple coming up. I haven't really scheduled planned. I've talked to some people, but um, I haven't you know, really lined up exactly what day I'm going to do what or anything like that. Um, but yeah, he was one of those guys. And as I, um, pointed out before, I listened to him on struggling with Sozio. And when I, I listened to hearing him talk and, you know, he was going into his, his details about his service and, and things like that. I was like, you know what? I think it's about time I have Joker back on. And, um, some of these guys, like, you know, I enjoy talking to you so much. And then a lot of time just passes and it just doesn't dawn on me on having him back on. And I just got to go back through, you know, the cycle of some of these guys and, and you know, just revisit some stuff. Um, so I had a good time with that. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Um, you know, man, he's he's an intense cat. So 
he's got a lot to say and by all means if you haven't listened to it yet go ahead and give that a listen um so i asked for topics and i got them um so i'm pretty much going to go through a lot of this stuff here um one thing i wanted to get on from the start is um i got a, a tweet from let me see it's uh the Maple Leaf Wrestling History Podcast, which I did not know existed prior to this tweet. Um, and he just said, uh, he's been a fan of the show for a while. Admit he doesn't really know what I'm all into. So for recommendations, he was wondering if I could talk about early CZW, CZW in the 2000s, and some stories that I remember from shows I went to. Uh, I did not do extensive work on this as I planned on. Um, so I will just, I'll give you a little bit now and then I'll go back in. Cause I thought about something I want to do and I'm not going to, you know, uh, put my expectations too high or anything like that or commit myself to anything, but uh, I'll, I'll put together some longer something for next week. And, um, you know, I'll be able to elaborate on some things, but, um, early two thousands, you know, I started going February, 2001. Um, so when I started going, it was Sewell and, you know, they finished their, their run in Sewell at the end of 2001. Um, I didn't go to cage of death three. Um, that was just like, uh, it was too soon. It was like, I had been, I hadn't been to South Philly at all. So started going to Sewell and got used to that. And then it was like, it was kind of spur of the moment. You know, when they announced that shit, it was like probably November or something. They were like, yeah, next month we're going to Philly. And it's like, oh shit. I, I don't know if I'm looking to, you know, hop out there just yet. I, I don't know where the fuck that is, you know? Um, so anyway, uh, didn't go to that, but immediately started going the next month to Philly. So missed cage of death three answering the challenge, I believe was the next show. Um, Sewell had a really special feeling to it. Cause it had like a really like underground. Um, I don't want to use the wrong word. I, you know, part of it, I want to say like, uh, you know, amateur or something like that, but that's, it's not exactly what I mean by that. Um, I feel like, they were doing fucking motion pictures when it came to Philly. Like they were ramping up to, and they were doing a lot of big things and a lot of things that had tremendous potential and could have used a bigger stage, you know, the stuff they were doing in Sewell. But I feel like they hit another level. Like they hit the major fucking leagues when they went to Philly. Um, because 2002 to me, I mean, it was just incredible. I mean, you, I always recommend if you can chronologically watch these shows and try to like follow through storyline and all of that stuff, cause they had a lot going on. And if you can go through that way, especially like come like 2002, I mean that, that to me, I think, um, should bring you a lot of fucking enjoyment, a lot of stuff that you're going to like in there. Um, like I said, answering the challenge. 2002, um, I mean, you, you go right into that show and it's just as pain with an open challenge and answering that challenge is Messiah. 
And this was a guy that, you know, I, I hadn't really seen a lot of. I saw in XPW doing the thing, you know, Suncoast video and everywhere had the XPW DVDs. But I really, I didn't really like what I saw out of those. Like I grabbed a couple and there was some stuff there and it, I was sold on the ECW names. But I really didn't see a lot more that I was like super into. Um, but anyway, so he came in and I mean, he just tore it the fuck up with just his pain. And, uh, I mean, they, they had so much good shit going on back then. I mean, if you saw what the hate club was doing, um, you know, when Nick and Nate formed the hate, the, the second hate club and they were just tearing through people. And then, you know, you still had guys like, you know, Rick blade was still around diving off of everything in, in sight. Um, Mondo was still there. You know, the back seats were doing their thing. Um, you had just so much fucking talent on that roster. It was unbelievable. And, um, you know, shortly after they got to Philly, Ring of Honor started up. And then it became like, you know, Zandig. Zandig had uh, a lot of pride behind his product. So if somebody else came to town, somebody was right around the corner trying to fucking one-up him, he, he was going to step his fucking game up. And I, I think 100%... Um, Ring of Honor elevated the violence and the intensity of what CZW was doing because I did, I just feel like he knew that like, Hey man, I, I'm not about to lose the fucking spot that I just got over here. You know, I, I came in here, I set up shop, I'm doing my fucking thing. And if this company thinks they're going to run up the road and make me look like an asshole, they're out of their fucking mind. He, he didn't vary from his, uh, initial game plan and that's that's the thing that i could always say with zandig regardless of who he brought in booking wise or who he had going you know as far as uh you know booking and and bringing guys in there was still a czw aura to czw and and that wasn't strayed from you know it adds its ups and downs and adds its bad shows and great shows and you know in between but he stuck to CZW being something different and something very, very special. Like, you know, it says on the fucking uh, ring post, like nothing else. You know, DJ had no ability to do that. DJ didn't have an identity. He didn't have something that that made him stand out. You know, DJ is a very average person, you know, that he's just he's just just a common just fat guy like he's not there's nothing outstanding about his personality and this isn't just me just shitting on dj it's just a fact you listen to john zandig talk and you go oh this fucking guy's intense like th this guy you know he's on some real shit here like he you know he, he grabbed the mic in there and he just started fucking telling you how it was dj i mean you could tell he's he's uncomfortable in his own skin like he's up there he's staring at the ceiling he's like you know he doesn't know where the fuck he's at you know that that was always dj so that's that's just something that you know was never going to succeed under what czw was um so not to jump ahead to that just yet but uh, yeah, like I said, I'll go further into, um, you know, specific shows and moments and years and things like that. But, um, I really recommend getting into that 2002 CZW and just watching as much of you as you can, you know, from front to back, because 
you know, you start out with answering the challenge. So you got Messiah versus Justice Payne. That year ends with the 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 feud of Zandig and Lobo coming to a head at Cage of Death 4, which, as far as I'm concerned, I think is still the best one-on-one Cage of Death match ever. I mean, it you know, it, you, you got to put that up against, like, um, Danny Havoc and um, Sammy Callahan as far as one-on-one Cage of Deaths. You know, that's... That's the type of stuff that you, you got to put it up against. But I, I still think Zandig Lobo had all the build in the world. Um, and, I mean, what they brought to the fucking table with that match and the dangerous-ass bumps that they took in that match, one-on-one, you know, you, you didn't have, you know, five-man spots. And, you know, they really put together something special in that. So I really recommend 2002 CCW. Um, you know, it, it definitely didn't end there. And there's a lot more in that year that, again, I'm going to go back and, um, you know, mark out exactly, uh, you know, the different things I'm pointing out. You got to you got to understand, too, uh, Cage of Death 4 came one month after the wife beater had two retirement matches. He had one in Delaware, which was an absolute bloodbath with Zandig. But there was like fucking nobody there. I was there, but uh, there wasn't a whole ton of fans there. So when they looked around and went, yeah, this isn't the send-off we were thinking of. They still put, a, put on a gruesome fucking match out there. And then they were like, yeah, let's do it again in Philly. And then they did it in Philly, and, and it was even crazier. So that was November, wife beater retirement match for Zandig. And then the next month, bringing that feud to a head of the fucking cage of death. You know, um, and a few months before that was Deja Vu, which to me is still probably the best no rope barbed wire match I've ever seen. Zandig versus Lobo. um, That was fucking unreal. So the type of stuff that you see there and again, you know, people a lot of times they they lose the um, the wrestling element of CZW. They start going, like, oh, yeah, yeah, they did a lot of violence and light tubes and, and barbed wire and this and that. But, again, the Baxi boys were on another fucking level back then. You know, Trent Acid was, was running shit. Johnny played, like, an excellent tag team partner to him. And he feuded really well with them, too. So, I mean, you see what they were doing. You see what the Hay Club were doing. Um, just a lot of that stuff. And, um, yeah, it, it's... You know, the SAT was in there, the Briscoes. I mean, they were killing it on so many angles. And uh, just more and more and more talent came in as time went on. And, uh, yeah, it's well, well worth checking out. So I'll, I'll go a little further into that next week. But um, for now, that that's my initial recommendation. And, again, thanks for listening to the show. I, I do appreciate that and um, you know, all the praise and everything. Um so uh, let's go into these topics here. Um, well, actually, before I do, I want to go into um, what I did last week, too. I went to uh, Burt Kreischer's drive-in. Um, I forget what he called the whole thing. Um, but it was like, you know, it was a comedy show. 
and they had it at Monmouth County, uh, Monmouth Park, but they had it out in the parking lot. Big, giant fucking parking lot. So what this was is it was an outdoor event. Um, you drove in. They had cars spaced every other parking space. So you had enough space to have your windows down. Um, people sat up, set up shop in their pickup trucks had like fucking lawn chairs and coolers and hanging out in the pickup truck. Um, people, some people sat on top of their car. Um, but it was fucking perfect. Everybody was distanced. Um, you weren't really supposed to roam around anywhere and people stayed pretty, pretty strict to that. You know what I mean? You didn't, you didn't see too much craziness going on and, um, phenomenal show. I, I really think this is the future of what comedy needs to be for a while. And obviously, you know, when it comes to the winter time, it's going to be a lot more difficult. But I think they should be pumping out shows like this for a while. Um, Burt Kreischer is just hilarious. Um, I'm a huge fan of his. And uh, he's like a big kid. He's like, he's so stupid, he's genius. You know what I mean? Like, uh, he's smart enough to know, like, what's going to work. You know, because it's like he says such stupid things, but he's got to know that those things are going to work in order to be saying them. You know what I mean? So I feel like he's got a lot more intelligence than he puts out there because his his act really just fucking works really, really well. Um, if you haven't seen Burt Kreischer, by all means, check out his Netflix specials. And he's the guy who takes his shirt off and you know, does his comedy. Um, but you know, he was one of those guys, you know, that I definitely wanted to see live and, um, he really wasn't scheduled to come to Jersey. I think he was scheduled to do actually like, a, um, an AC show and I've never been to an AC show, but a lot of times they're a lot more high priced because, you know, the venues in AC are a lot bigger, so they sell out and, uh, they get bigger ticket prices and shit like that. So I haven't really done an AC show. It was on the to-do list, but again, a lot of things got pushed off. Um, my preferred place to go is uh, Count Basie Theater. Excellent, beautiful theater in Red Bank, New Jersey. Um, I've seen a lot of comedians there, and uh, I plan on continuing that whenever we get back to uh, regular scheduled programs. Um, this was actually hosted by Count Basie, but you know, put on in the um, Monmouth County, Monmouth Park, or Monmouth Raceway Park, or whatever. Um, so, yeah. Uh, very, very well organized, very well done. Um, obviously it's a little different. I mean, we had excellent, I guess you call it seats, uh, parking spots, whatever, you know, uh, there was like a first, first, uh, section and that was, uh, I forget what the pricing was for that. We paid about 200 and that's per car. So, I mean, you want, you could put up to four people in that car. So at that point, if you, you know, you're splitting it four ways, you know, you're talking 50 bucks a person. So even if it costs you 250, you know, you split that four ways is not bad. You know, it's just me and Nina. So, I mean, it, you know, it was just the two of us, but, you know, really, really nice. Um, they have it where you could tune your radio to the, the certain station and the audio from the stage will come through on your, uh, on your speakers so that i mean you could sit there with the windows rolled up and hear what the fuck's going on um i i mean we were we were really nice and close they have big screens that shows you know what's going on on the stage too um 
we were closed, so windows down and everything. I'm hearing it loud and clear through those speakers, uh, you know, their house speakers. And, uh, yeah, it was great. I mean, so there was the first section, like I said, there was a little bit more money. Uh, and it was first come, first serve within your section. Um, and we got there nice and early where we were the first row in our section. Um, so, you know, other than like the next tier up, we were as close as you can be. Um, we had this older couple that parked like fucking like the diagonal spot in front of us. We had like perfect fucking view of the stage. Any fucking car parks in that fucking spot and we're fine. A big white fucking stupid truck with these like 70 year old fucking people pull up in it. And it like they get out and climb up into this fucking this white pickup truck. And I'm just going like, oh, they're going down. I have a new fucking like form of entertainment on top of the show is like these old motherfuckers are falling out of this pickup truck. Like they pull out of the cooler. There's like wine glasses and shit. And they're eating like fruit plates and shit. The one I saw like plowed through a glass of wine. The show didn't even fucking start yet. I'm like, she's going down. It's fucking over. They were sitting on chairs and she was sitting on the edge of the fucking uh, pickup truck. And I'm like, oh, fucking countdown to fucking fun. She's going down before this fucking night's over. And it didn't work out for me. Um, she actually ended up retiring into the fucking inside of the truck before the middle of the show because I guess she she got a little too banged up. I was hoping, you know, she didn't catch that one in time and headed over to the side of the fucking pickup. But, you know, this is just uh, the way I entertain myself. Um, so uh, anyway, uh, it, I mean, yeah, his show was fucking amazing. He absolutely killed it. Um he closed out, you know, he, he did his whole set. I mean, it was a good hour set. And then at the end there, he was talking about like, uh, I guess there was a curfew that they had to hold up to. And he was like, all right, I got enough time for one more story. And he's like, do you want to hear uh, uh, Tracy Morgan or the machine or uh, flying dildos? It's like three of his famous, you know, bits. And uh, people um, went for Tracy Morgan. You know, he did like pull him the whole fucking audience and, and it was like uh tracy morgan so he ended up doing a tracy morgan story and then he finished he's like dude he's like oh, before we get done here because like you know we're in jersey i want to do a sing-along with everybody with bon jovi song there's no fucking way i'm leaving here without doing bon jovi with the fucking crowd in jersey so he was like and then uh he finished the tracy morgan story and he's like oh dude oh, fuck he's like uh Who's the owner here? He, and he, he's like, oh, okay, uh, get him over here. And he's like, ask him if we could, you know. And and they gave him the okay. And he's like, and he went right into the fucking machine story. And uh, so he did the whole fucking machine bit. And then after that, did the whole fucking uh, living on a prayer song with uh, the whole crowd. It was just such an awesome show. And it was done in a way where it felt really fucking safe and controlled. And this is what we need. Like, this is how entertainment has to do. Entertainment has to shift for a while. You know, everybody's so fucking butthurt over this isn't open. This isn't open. People have to adjust. This is just bottom fucking line. Stop being fucking cunts. Stop screaming about your goddamn freedoms and, and fucking do something about it. Shift. 
let's let's fucking pivot just a little bit and let's do something a little bit different than we're fucking used to. We can still enjoy ourselves. We can still eat the food that we're like that we like eating. We can still see the things that we like seeing. But we have to shift the way we're doing it a little bit for a while. Either that or we don't get to do it. So I I choose shifting is just fine. Um, I don't know why we haven't seen an enormous rise of fucking um, drive-in theaters. I, I feel like, you know, they should be building these fucking things everywhere. And, and let's go back to drive-in theaters. And now let's do it at a better level of technology than drive-in theaters ever existed in. And then when that side of things is booming and you're packing fucking parking lots with big giant fucking screens and, and, and you got people in their fucking cars in the back of the pickup trucks and on top of the cars and watching shit. And, and you know, when you're, you're fucking moving food out of the concession stand because you could do that too. You know, it's like an outdoor dining kind of deal. You could do that and you're in your own vehicle. So you could space these vehicles a spot apart. And, and just like this this show was you could put on big giant fucking screens and, and have people in their car watching brand new movies. And if you get this booming enough, then Hollywood can go into like little bubbles. They can, you know, lock down, you know, a handful of actors and actresses and film these high budget movies and then put them out and make profit because the, the drive in theaters are, you know, feeding that, that monster. You know what I mean? So if you get things like this going, that portion goes back to normal. That that part of fucking Hollywood goes back to normal or, or you know, wherever they want to film these things. Entertainment. That comes together. Um, so many of these eating establishments are just, they got their shit fucked up. So there's a place locally. Um, uh, it's a jerk-off asshole diner. I think that's what it's called. Um, and... These jerk-off assholes, see, it's a family-run business, so it's a jerk-off asshole diner because it's Mr. and Mrs. Jerk-off asshole. And um, they, um, they've they decided their freedoms are being hurt, so despite the fact that New Jersey does not allow indoor dining right now, they've decided, I'm not trying to hear that. We're open. So, naturally, that shit's not working out. Like, they're getting fined, they're getting fucking threatened, they're getting this and that. And this dumbass town here is rallying around them. Saying that, oh, they should be able to, oh, how dare you do this to their business, and, you know. Well, here's my thing, though. Like, if you really want to fucking, I understand, it, you know, you, you're hurting, your business can't open, this and this, this is your livelihood. Okay, but now if the town is so willing to surround and, and support you, why is it you can't do fucking pickup orders? Why can't you do curbside fucking delivery? Because if you were out there just fucking chefing eggs at the fucking the, the diner over there, running fucking specials, doing this and this, you know, you can only put so many people at tables, especially if you're socially distancing and you're doing every other table and you're going, oh, what's wrong with what we're doing? How many fucking families are you actually going to put into one one fucking place. How many, really? There's only so much. And they're going to be there for a good half hour, right? In that same half hour time, how many fucking plates could you run to a fucking car? You know, and, and you get those, you get those nice fucking insulated boxes. You know, you invest in your fucking new business because right now this has to be your new business. 
and you get those nice insulated boxes. The shit stays hot in there for a while. And, and you fucking, you, you pump that shit out. And, it, and if the, the town wants to support what you're doing and they want to keep you afloat, rather than just going like, I'm, I'm just disobeying executive orders because I said so, my freedoms. Show up in their fucking parking lot, buy their fucking eggs and egg sandwiches and whatever the fuck else they're making at a diner. You know, fucking cups of coffee, whatever the fuck. And drive the fuck back to your house and eat it. And pat yourself on the back for supporting the fucking business or whatever. And then move the fuck on. And when everything else can open back up, then you open back up. Just like these jerk-offs at Belmar with their fucking asshole gym. Um, you know, go go run fucking socially distant fucking workouts in the fucking parks. You know, go go do shit like that. Go find some fucking way to do virtual training over the fucking internet with people at home and get people involved in fitness via, you know, the vehicles that we still have. Or just go like, we're showing up anyway. And like those assholes that showed up at that fucking gym, they're trying to say like, dude, there's no reason we could do it. with fucking Walmart can. First off, I- I'm so tired of this fucking, this argument that like, if people in Walmart could not socially distance, then why can't we do it in our business? First off, Walmart, ShopRite, Home Depots, all of that stuff. These are all essential businesses. People need food to survive. This is it. They don't need takeout food. They need fucking food. So I'm sorry, but like your bars, your fucking restaurants, they don't fall into essential because I, honestly, I can go without ever fucking eating at a restaurant ever again in my life if I needed to. I'd have no problem with that. Because they have food at the supermarket, and you can make that shit at your house, which makes it essential. You know what I mean? Now, whether Walmart fucking stays on top of social distancing or enforces fucking policies right and this and that. Because, again, remember, you're dealing with the same assholes that are standing in the diner and standing in this fucking gym that are walking into Walmart. And these minimum wage employees that are in there, well, who the fuck are they to try to enforce Go look on YouTube and see all the shit that, you know, people are fucking snapping and throwing shit around and, and bugging out and being arrested out of fucking Walmarts and, and at this place and that place because they don't know how to fucking act. You can't tell them shit because as far as they're concerned, the, the fucking CO2 that, that comes out of my mouth and goes into my mask is going to kill me and I'm depriving the world of my smile. And like this, these are the people you're dealing with. So if you're going to judge the entire, well, if Walmart could do it, like it's not the same fucking thing. It's not even remotely close. And it's not very well controlled in that, as many people are pointing out as part of their case. But if that's the case, then pump your fucking brakes. This isn't this isn't that you you can't just go, oh, well, I'm just going to open my restaurant because that's that's what I feel like is right. I'm going to sue the state. Good luck suing the fucking state. Like, we're in a fucking global pandemic right now. You're going to sue the fucking state you live in. And, and then what? You're going to win? I, I don't think you're going to win. So um, I guess good luck with that. But what's going to happen is this. You're going to fucking go into court. You're going to be tied up in court for years. You're going to pour a bunch of fucking money into it. Meanwhile, your business is going to fucking close because you're not investing in what what can work. You know, how you can keep money going. You're instead investing money in what you just feel like doing instead. And in the end, you'll just get tied up in everything. You'll lose your business. You'll go fucking bankrupt. And then you just die fucking disgruntled about the year 2020. You know, people need to shift and figure out another fucking way. That, that's bottom line. There's a lot of things that just aren't going to fucking work again for a long time. And personally, I, you know, 
a lot of people don't want to hear it, but I don't give a fuck about bars. Bars exist off of fucking addicts. That that's what bars exist off. Overpriced fucking alcohol for people who can't fucking help but drink constantly. You know what I mean? And, and as someone who was an alcoholic, like you know, there's it's not a very respectable business as far as I'm concerned. So they've they've eaten off of fucking people's problems for a long fucking time. And, and allowed uh, a social construct of a bunch of people who have fucking issues. And, um, you know, if they can't fucking survive throughout this, well, then then I don't know what to tell you. You know what I mean? It, that's not really my fucking problem. Um, yeah, and, and sometimes you need to shift gears. Okay, we've been fucking eating off of these people, you know, with their fucking alcohol problem for all these years. And, you know, we're relying on all the same fucking people to never stop showing up here and paying triple for fucking alcohol that they could buy in the store. But because their buddy shows up and their other buddy shows up, this is the place to be. And now they'll just fucking spend half their paycheck on it. Well, you know, time has run out on a lot of that shit. And now it's a, it's a dangerous thing to be. It's, it's a dangerous place to be. There's not going to be any distancing or anything like that, you know, and, you know, once alcohol goes in any kind of uh, caution that you had before, and that goes with anything, you know, it goes away. You know, I mean, it just doesn't. Any caution you had, any kind of uh, safety measures that you had, you start drinking, that shit goes away before you know it, like. People are like, fuck COVID, I'll spit in that guy's mouth. Dude, I'll give you $20, you let me spit in your mouth. But, you know, before the fucking night ends, you're doing all sorts of weird shit. And, and you know, trying to disprove COVID with your fucking buddies in the bar. And, you know, it's just, just fuck it, you know. There's a lot of things that just aren't going to fucking go back to normal. But the things can go in another direction. Like I said, all of these, these, these curbsides, these deliveries, these, you know outside venues and shit like this there's there's ways to make this work and either you're willing to make a shift or you're just gonna fucking lose out um all right uh mike dicks asked uh initial reaction to when dj bought czw were there any rumblings beforehand uh being there in person how did the first few months play out well um dj taking over czw was uh, I don't want to say expected because I definitely didn't expect that. But for a while before that, we had the we had the thought, and p- people were regularly accusing DJ of being a money mark because he'd wind up on these big matches that everybody knew he didn't deserve. He he wasn't in the spot for that, and he was booked into these high spots that nobody wanted to see him in. You know, you, you could be like DJ and be like, oh, he was such a good heel. No, people legitimately hated him. And then he was booked in like main events and no one wanted to see that. No one was like impressed with DJ, you know, and that's not how CZW ran. CZW never fucking ran that way, you know. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, so. There, there was some rumblings as far as just that. So when he bought the company, he's like, I fucking told you it was a money mark. Like, see? Um, the first couple months didn't really go too much differently. I mean, there were certain people um, that didn't get along with DJ that were soon showed the door. Soon after DJ 
it was in there. And I mean, you could do the math on that. You could look through the roster and see, you know, some guys who just kind of disappeared. And that that was just what was going to happen. You know, a new boss shows up and, you know, he, he had a bad relationship with a couple people. They're, they're not going to have a job anymore. Um, so that that's that happened. But for a lot of it, CZW kind of stayed CZW for a bit. Because DJ initially, I think, was very happy with just having what was CZW be his. After a while, he started to figure out what he could do for himself with CZW being his property. Meaning, like, using leverage of someone else booking him, and then he booked them in exchange. Um doing things that would please other wrestlers or, you know, to get in the good graces of this guy and that guy to just try to get himself a pat on the back. Uh, you know, just, just a bunch of silly shit like that over the years. And it became all about that by the time like this, this period came like now. Um, so, I think initially and for a little bit, CZW stayed CZW because DJ was basking in the glory of just being the guy up top in a company that was already succeeding, was already doing well, already had a great following, um, you know, and it had an identity. So suddenly he was just getting credit for that identity that already existed. So, um, there wasn't like an immediate change other than, like I said, there was a couple people, uh, you know, Billy Graham wasn't, wasn't going to be there long after DJ was in charge. Rockies wasn't going to be there long after DJ was in charge. Shit like that. Um, let me see. Um, all right. Um, TOS 5 was in plain view of pedestrians on the boardwalk. If the wrong person sees, that could potentially be the end, again, of death matches in New Jersey. I, I agree, but this is the same type of shit that um, Brett has been doing since day one. Brett's been doing this silly-ass shit when, like, nobody thought death matches could even be done in New Jersey. He just started doing Big Japan shit in Game Changer World over there. So he must have got some kind of win that, like, look, they're not really enforcing this stuff anymore. They used to, but they're not really enforcing it anymore. But they were doing fucking, like, insane shit in that building. And, like, you know, no fucking ventilation, fucking 200 light tubes indoors, shit. Like, really fucking wild. He's been putting deathmatch wrestling at risk since the day he fucking started doing that shit. Yeah, and Danny, too. Danny was, you know, hand in hand with him. But, um... Yeah, I mean, like that type of stuff. When they did that, um, what the hell did they call that? Uh, the, the, I guess they called it the compound, right? When they were at the training school and they did a couple shows over there. I mean, motherfuckers are right, like on camera, smoking blunts with the fucking commentary team going, these people are smoking some stuff in here. Like, they, they I mean, they've been doing dumb shit since fucking, like drinking liquor out of the fucking bottle. Like, just all sorts of wild ass shit. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's more of the same, more or less. Um, there's a lot of deathmatch companies, though, that, I mean, you see what Deep South has done for years. How close have they come to, like, a death and, and things like that? I mean, so many fucking close calls over the years. Um, I mean, you can even go back to early DJ CZW. Um, 
I forget what year that was, but uh, Night of Infamy, fucking Drake Younger versus Scotty Vortex. Uh, um, they brought in the wrong type of glass, and it was like that fucking plate glass. And Drake hit him with some shit through the corner, and that fucking glass cut his fucking wrist, like, bad. And it was just, like, an inch or two away from, like, hitting him in the fucking neck where, man, he might not have came back from that. Um, and that that ended up being, like, this big, long fucking apology thing. He gave Scotty TOD. He gave Scotty the world title. He gave Scotty every fucking thing he could to just appease him to be like, dude, I'm so sorry. But, you know, mistakes have been made over the years. And, you know, I mean, they're narrowly avoided. If Gage doesn't fucking live through that... uh that uh tournament of death injury and he actually fucking dies in that helicopter that's that's it right then um i'll be honest with you if the shit that happened to me with my fucking arm not to make me a big part of this or whatever there were there were three women sitting in front of me that happened to be over at the merch table when that shit happened if if they're there still and they catch what i fucking caught death matches aren't happening uh, you know because you're talking about like a little girl, like probably 12, 13 ish. And then her mother and then her mother, like three generations of women. And they were all sitting right there in front of me. You know, you guys could fucking, you know, joke and, you know, try to downgrade whatever cut that I got. Or, oh, it's a scratch and this and that. Well, one of those fucking females caught a scratch like that. And you wouldn't be watching fucking death matches and howl fucking a year later two years later whatever the case i think it was around the same time they were still doing that game changer shit but yeah man i that's just that's just my opinion on it though i think there's been a lot of close calls over the years and if if one of those things happens you know it's game over because it's it's some wild shit that your average person doesn't know anything about you know, if you're not into wrestling or anything, there's a very good chance you you have no idea deathmatch wrestling exists. And if that shit becomes like wildly widely known to like lawmakers and and people like that, and you get like really up in arms people about every town that they're running in, like it's just it's over. There there's not like big money backing deathmatch wrestling staying in business. You know what I mean? Like if need be to save his own shit, Vince would help. Barry Deathmatch Wrestling, you know? Um, so, yeah. Um, Jeffrey Sand says, uh, first and foremost, the current state of NWA and who you feel should be their champions. Well, you know, that's a tough, that's a tough question because there's so many guys that have been stepping up in the ranks over the years. And, uh, you know, I mean, when you saw what that guy did last week, you know, I mean, he had a good shot at the belt. I think that was a cheap maneuver down the end. You know, I, I don't know who, who he thinks he is, but uh, yeah, I mean, when, when you get that turn of events, I mean, what, what are you going to do? You know, it's anybody's game at this point. NWA is a wide open field and, uh, you know, you, you got to love what they're doing week in, week out. Everybody knows I don't know who the fuck I'm talking about there. Um, if someone went back to watch old CCW, uh, what years or shows would you recommend deep diving into? Um, I, I'd go back to what I said earlier in this podcast, that 2002 stuff. And like I said, I'll go a little further into depth uh, next week about that. ICW taking GCW's place as the hot promotion to watch. Uh, Deathmatch, hot topic news. Yeah, I mean, 
I guess similar to what Joker was saying last week, that Danny was kind of the uh, the driving force behind a lot of that creativity. Um, where GCW seems to be leaning in the what's trending kind of deal, ICW seems to be going at that hard hitting, that uh, blood fest, death match wrestling, and stuff like that. So I, I think yeah, that that is kind of going to be the place to to watch that type of stuff. With some exceptions, for sure. You know, uh, there's definitely things that GCW will be able to do that ICW doesn't have the platform for just yet. So we'll see how things go. Um, how much coke and drugs did the Trumps do before night one of the convention? I didn't watch the convention. I just saw some clips and saw some, you know, uh, that woman screaming her fucking face off. Um, it, it's a wild ass scene. It, it's really unbelievable. And when you see that type of thing, and then know that within two days, Trump said himself that he wants to demand Biden be drug tested before the debates. You know what I mean? Like this is this is the wild, crazy shit that we're dealing with here. Where it's like, you know, he could walk in with like a bazooka on his shoulder and then go, you better check Biden for weapons. And it's just like, bro, do you, I mean, I, that's the type of fucking thinking we're dealing with right now. I just, I don't understand it. Um, side note on, on the, the, the Trump shit, whatever, because I don't want to get too, too into this stuff, but I got to say that like anybody who's putting this shit out there. Ooh, oh, that uh, Biden, Biden's a pedophile, cannibal, Satan worshiping, uh, fucking uh, j- child sex trafficker, and uh, you know the both sides are really bad. You're endorsing Trump. That that's what you're doing. It's what you're doing. I, I don't give a fuck how you spin it, how you say it, what whatever you say. You, you can't fucking do it. You can't on one hand be like, we need to get Trump the fuck out of here. And then turn around and go, yeah, but the other the other side is a bunch of pedophiles, fucking uh, Satan worshiping cannabis, cannibalists. No, uh, no, no, no. That That's your endorsement for Trump. That's what that is. You, you can't go like, hey, uh, man, um, I could tell you right now that this pizza is not good pizza. I, I wouldn't eat it. Um but the burger over there, I think, has COVID. So I'm not saying eat the pizza and shit. Yeah, pizza's bad. Don't forget the burger has COVID and probably E. coli. Um, you're sure as fuck not making people not want to eat the fucking pizza. You know what I mean? You're putting this doubt out there that the vote even counts. You're putting this doubt out there that there is a better side. We are seeing some tremendous fucking evil. This country has never been more fucking riled up, angry, violent, fucking separated and just volatile. So fucking volatile. You can call Biden fucking boring or whatever. We need fucking boring right now. I have no fucking tolerance for like, you know, and, you know, I don't really know like how legitimate you know, Sozio is being when it could say, you know, I'm not singling him out as like, he's the problem, but you know, he, he posted something about there's a triangle in the fucking Biden thing that he thinks is part of the devil worshiping sign. And it's a way of getting it into your normal site. And it breast stop. I mean, you're either just trolling and I don't, I don't know that this is the time for that. Uh, you know, 
I just, I, I can't fucking stomach when it's like, you know, again, oh, yeah, dude, Trump's fucking terrible. He's fucking bad. It's like this dude is fucking this country up. He's talking about if he gets reelected, he's just going to fucking he's going to eliminate Social Security. Like he's just going to take that shit down. That that's, you know, the whole program. He's just going to he's, he's going to strive to get that the fuck out of here. So that's great. Um, but then we're going to be like, yeah, but do you really want to support pedophiles? And it's like, did, you did see him in all those fucking pictures with that Jizzling dude, right? You did see that, right? I, I know you want to make that like a Clinton thing and everything, but um, Trump's in countless fucking pictures with this broad and wished her well. Fucking wished her well while she's on fucking trial for child sex trafficking. So you can't make that the other side's fucking deal when your guy's waving that fucking flag high and fucking proud. So I, I don't know. I, I just I've lost the fucking tolerance to just like, oh, there's everybody's got an opinion. There's both sides. Fuck both sides. We need this fucking guy out of here. It's a bad fucking it's a bad scene with this fucking guy. You, you look at this fucking country and tell me it was fucking worse four years ago. You tell me it was the same four years ago. People can say whatever the fuck they want about Barack Obama, but I'll tell you what, man. I was proud of my fucking country. My president came and fucking spoke on the television. And even if he was bullshitting you on some of these things, you know, you could be proud of his fucking speech. He wasn't just like popping off and China virus and motherfuckers and Kung flu and all this other shit that he's talking. And, you know, this guy's on some wild bullshit. And I really, I, I can't fuck with it. So... Just wanted to side note that real quick. Um, NBA canceling their games. Do you think they'll end their season? Uh, I think so. Um, you know, this, this uh, you know, the, the violence with the police and all of this, um, it's it's such a dangerous and difficult thing to be dealt with. Um, you know, some, some changes really, really need to be made. Um, but on the other side of it, too, you know, I'm not just going to go justifying things, but in the same token, like, I don't know what you want police to do. Um, th- this guy specifically, the last guy that got killed, I, I, don't, I don't think he even got killed. I think he's still alive. Um, the police have their gun on him and he's fastly walking towards his car and reaching into the car. You can't think that that's a, that's the right thing to do. You can't think that you're not in danger by doing that. I don't give a fuck who you are. You know, this isn't me picking a side or anything like that. Because if anything, I, I you know, I definitely side with fucking uh, that, that police need to fucking step their fucking game up. They need to get their shit under control. They need to get fucking retrained. They need to get fucking evaluated regularly and he did need to get people who did uh, you know what they did to george floyd they need to get those fucking people out of fucking service they need to get them out of there out of there completely but now when temperatures have risen to this fucking level and you have something like this go on i don't know that i could fucking say flat out i mean he shot him seven fucking times or something like that that's a lot of fucking times and they did not even kill him like I don't, what, what was your goal there? Like, I, I don't, I, I feel like you could fucking damn near electrocute a guy with a taser before you even start shooting with a gun. Right. I mean, I think it, 
this guy had to get knocked the fuck down. I think it should have been with a taser. I, I heard something about a taser. I don't know all the fucking details or anything, but I think at the very least, this dude should have been fucking slammed. Uh, you know, you can't just be like, yo, they're like, stop fucking. And, and you're just like, I'm leaving or I'm going to get some shit from the car. Like that's not going to work out for you anywhere. Try that shit out. I, you know, you think it's just a black thing. Yeah, have your white friend do the same thing. Get get the cop to the point of fucking pulling a gun on you and then walk briskly away from him and start reaching in the car. It, it's probably not going to end well. That That's just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, and, and look, like I said, there's a lot of bad cops out there. And I, I really think we need to weed this shit out. They need to be reevaluated and this and this. But as far as like the citizens just going to war against the cops, what what is going to be the end game there? Well, I, I don't see a good end game at all. I think it, it just continues to incite more violence on both sides. I don't think that the citizens overturn the police. I, I don't think that's possible because you only go so far with the police before the military gets involved and the citizens cannot beat the fucking military. If other countries' military forces can't beat our military forces, believe me, the fucking citizens can't either. It's just, it's not going to fucking happen. So we need to come to some sort of agreement. We need to demand change for sure. But it needs to happen in a way where it's not us versus them because we're not winning that fucking fight. I hate to break the news here. We're just not going to win that fucking fight if it's all out war against, you know, the police and the authority. That's not going to be won. So um, I don't have all the fucking answers. That much I could tell you. But, uh, you know, some of this shit is... Uh, it's just not being handled right at all. Um, Thunderdome, uh, neck slashing videos, making it on Chris Benoit. What the fuck can they do to get better than, uh, you know, so he's talking about um, the shit that went on on uh, WWE TV where they had all the, the fans on the screen and shit like this. I, I mean, I, I thought it was fucking wild from the start when I saw it on the NBA stuff. And I said right from the start, man, they're going to catch somebody. These people are in their bedrooms. So you're going to catch someone beating off or something like this isn't a good idea. Um, I, I think it's a dumbass idea. I think it looks crazy. I don't think it looks like fans. Um, and, you know, when it becomes this type of shit where uh, you just pay a certain amount for the thing and they just smash them all in boxes and whatever shows up in those boxes. If you don't have the ability to do the same censorship as you would do on a show, you know, if someone's got a sign that says, you know, fuck this and this, like they got to be able to fucking blur that shit before the camera pans to it. If you can't have that same level of, uh, you know, coverage and protection, then man, I think you're in over your head to begin with. But, um, uh, <laughs> he asked, uh, have I ever thought about renaming Yakuza Kick to I love CZW, hate it now, and my NFL team is a runner-up all season until we hope to make it to the Super Bowl and get beaten by the Chiefs again podcast? No, because that is a fucking fairy tale. So, I would never say something so insane. I mean, the Chiefs, I mean, you, you can't possibly think that you're just going to keep winning fucking Super Bowls. Like, how long did it fucking take you to win a Super Bowl? Like, let, let's let's cut that shit out. Um we blew the fucking Super Bowl in order for you to fucking win it. So let's let's just settle down here. You know, um, you'll you'll see what happens in a couple of weeks. You'll you'll see the dominant fucking team in, in the NFL is. You know, um, 
So yeah, um, let me see. Uh, Joker went deep on the recovering body parts story. Yeah, he did. I mean, uh, he he really went all in with uh, you know, his stories about his surface and everything like that. And yeah, you know, I give him a lot of credit for everything he's done. And uh, you know, uh, I thank him for you know sharing those stories with us. You know, because that shit hits people all sorts of different ways, and I can only imagine having to go through that. You know, and then and live with the memories of all these different things that have happened because that's it's that's wild shit, man. It's definitely not for me. I, I couldn't live that fucking life, man. It takes a different type of person. It's just like I told him. Um inside shows versus outside shows. I've been to many many music shows. I prefer inside, preferably smaller venue, either other places like Red Rocks. Will this be our new normal? Yeah, I mean it's uh, you can't do little tight joints anymore. You know, that's why, you know, small comedy clubs, it's out. It's not going to work. Um, you know, same thing with music venues and stuff. Small joint, it's it's not going to work. Not for a while. So we got to shift for now. And little by little, you do a little better. You know, you do a little bit different. You do a little better. And as, as things get more relaxing, more comfortable, you know, there's a vaccine out, shit like that. You know, we start to get a better handle on this shit. This shit's all still brand new. Everybody wants to hit fucking 100 miles an hour right away. But, you know, if you start going with the flow of traffic, you know, and pick up speed as it as it picks up speed, I, I think we could reach a decent fucking speed out there. You know, I think we could we could accomplish a lot of stuff if we try to do it little by little and ease our way back into things rather than just like, we want it all back right now. Like, well, then you can go fuck yourself because that's not what this... So that's not what's happening. Um, uh, Mike Dick says, uh, Silas Young posting anti-mask cons- conspiracies. I-, I don't know anything about what he's posting, but a lot of these people are just full-on assholes. So, I mean, what, what else can you say about them? Uh, Excalibur being quietly removed from AEW after N-Word promo from the mid-2000s goes viral. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know, but that this is this is where we're at, though. This is where, like, they're just pulling motherfuckers off. You know, that's it. Like, you don't you don't get a lot of say. You don't get a lot of anything. Oh, this might look bad. Bye. That's it. You're gone. Moving on. You know, so, yeah, it's, uh, you know, and that's, like, it's a dumbass thing that he did. You know, like, that. that's a stupid-ass thing if you want any kind of future in any high-level entertainment. But, you know, when they were doing all these indie things and they were doing stuff, uh, you know, just out on PWG or this or that, there were at the time, I don't think there was much of a plan to make big fucking, you know, impact or, or be on television. And I remember like early 2000s, like, you know, you you were fucking AJ Styles. If you were lucky, you got a fucking dark match, you know, like. Even WCW, where they had cruiserweights, AJ Styles and Air Paris, like they didn't get tremendous shine. They were still considered like, ah, yeah, B player kind of opening match bullshit. Like, you know, and, and you you know how fucking good AJ Styles is. So, I mean, that, that was the kind of what the fuck was Excalibur going to do? So, you know, when they're just on there and you're just saying whatever they can to fucking get reaction out of the crowd, whether it be this racist thing or not the racist thing. And, and, you know, the guy that they're talking to and saying some racist shit to they you know, they got an agreement with them in the back. Like, hey, dude, I'm going to call you some shit out there. Get everybody riled up. Yeah, yeah, cool, whatever. And then they go out there. They do the fucking thing. You know, 
who would know that fucking years later they were going to archive and fucking bring that shit back up to cancel you off TV that you never knew you were going to be on. So I don't know, you know, it's like I said, it's dumb, but it's on like such like an entry level bullshit that they never even thought would become this. So, you know, what can I tell you? Um, 49ers training camp. Man, this is scary shit, man, because we're getting injuries all over the fucking place. Um, a lot of our wide receivers have gone down. Uh, Debo was already hurt, you know, uh, as soon as, like, any kind of training started. He, he fucked himself up. Uh, he's supposed to come back, like, early in the season. Um, they said week one's probably not going to happen, but, you know, I, I would figure... I would give Debo to like week four. Um, Jalen Hurd, who was like a guy who we were really like, I mean, I was high on this dude. I thought he was going to be great. Um, he had a really good preseason last year and then broke his fucking back. And initially the reports were like he strained his back. Something happened with his back. Oh, he's week to week. He's week to week. He's, he was week to week the whole fucking season. And then you find out, oh, he, he had a mild fracture in his back and all of this. So now he fucking uh, comes back in. He, he's he's good to go this year. Oh man, we get this guy back. Like if he looks like he looked in last year's preseason, we got another target. We got another huge weapon on our hands, and I think he tore his ACL. So he's out for the fucking year, again. So it happens. Um, Brandon Ayuk, uh, he fucking uh, strained like a, a muscle, a calf muscle or some shit. So he's out. Um, for a little bit, uh, I don't, I don't know the length of his injury, but I guess we'll find out as, as, uh, we get into the season. Uh, who else? Um, D Ford, uh, is showing some kind of fucking issue again. And, you know, dude, I, I thought we a hundred percent went into this season with a fresh for the first time out fucking D Ford. And he, he seems a little fucking tweaked. Um, Boza had like a, uh, a little bit of a strain in his leg. They did MRI or whatever. It showed just like mild strain. So they're kind of like just being like, uh, protective of him. They're being protective of Kittle who said he had a little tightness in his hamstring. So I think a lot of it's precautionary. We're really going to see once the season gets rolling, you know, who, who's fucking ready for battle and who's not. But I have a feeling we're going to come out of this motherfucker strong as hell. Um, you know, last year we had a lot of early injuries and, you know, you saw what we ended up doing. So we had guys that were coming back midseason, late season, all this shit. And um, I, I think we are locked and fucking loaded and you, you'll see what goes on. We are like fucking two weeks away from NFL football, which I, I could not be more excited about. Um, so, yeah, that's that's uh, pretty much the deal there. Uh Brian asks, with the progress I've made during COVID and not going to the gym, will you continue to do things your way when things open up or return to the gym? Well, my plan overall, and it has been for a while, is I'm going to keep doing what the fuck I'm doing now. Um, the gym is opening on Tuesday, I believe, and uh, 25% capacity, masks, all of this other uh, no appointments necessary, uh, anything like that, but 25% capacity. So I, I think they're just banking on a lot of people not showing up because they have nothing else to, to even control the crowds. Um, it's kind of fucking stupid. Um, either way, my plan from the start was to continue to do what I'm doing now until it's cold. 
because once it's cold, I can't be out there doing what I'm doing outside. Um, yeah, I've gotten some workouts inside for sure whenever it's raining and, and things like that. But I keep having, you know, boom, now next week I'm outside. And now this day I'm outside. I'm outside and I get so much more done that way. I just got these um, uh, mace clubs. It's like another training equipment thing. I, you know, I keep adding different things to my arsenal out here so I could do so many different things, keep the muscle confusion going and all of that stuff. So, but my plan is to go back into the gym in fucking, you know, like mid November. I'm hoping for like the earliest that I even go back there is, is then we'll see how it shakes out. Um, not really sure what I got to, you know, these fucking gyms, like, they get you in this membership and then you have to, like, fucking, you know, fly to Dubai and talk to a fucking, uh, you know, talk to a high-ranking official in their fucking country and then, you know, ask for forgiveness and bring them a gift and, you know, this is the type of shit you need to do to freeze or cancel your account. Like, it's fucking, it's insane. Um... My boy Jeremy from uh, I got you five stars. Try to cancel this shit, and they made him like fucking call there, and then like gave him some shit. Like, oh, so what are you? So what are you never gonna leave your house again? It's like, dude, I don't know who the fuck you think you're talking to, but uh, you know, you don't you don't get to like browbeat me for fucking canceling my membership. You go fuck yourself. I'll come drive my car through your fucking building. Like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? I'll cancel my motherfucking debit card and you can try charging that shit until you're fucking dead because I got a new number and I'll just never see you again. Like, who the fuck you think you're talking to? You know what I mean? Like, it's just wild. Like, but I guess this is how it's going to be. Any fucking means they could do to shame you into or keep you into the fucking gym, they're just going to do that shit because, you know, what the fuck other choice do they have? So, uh, yeah, it's it's, it's wild. Uh, Check out Andrew Carluck at False Cat Radio. Check out Wrestling Soup. Check out uh, Eric at the, you know, fucking uh, Jalen Hurts fan club. Carson Wentz is the thing of the past podcast. Because uh, these motherfuckers are jumping on that bag wagon quick. Carson's got to be looking like a shithead in his fucking... He's going to walk out there and the fans, you know, unfortunately there's no fans in the fucking stadium to boo their starting quarterback, but they'll be booing from the fucking house. They'll be sitting on their fucking couch. You know, put Jalen in. And then, you know, a year into his failure, they'll be screaming, get Carson back. You know, like it's, it's only a matter of time before that whole fucking city comes apart again. Uh, but it won't be from winning, you know, um, it has the process working out fucking uh philadelphia 76ers they talked about the process the process the process fucking uh ben simmons is garbage and uh joe Embiid is made of like fucking uh, like ritz cracker or uh you know i mean this, this dude is like he gets like a cold and he's he's off the fucking court for three days you know what i mean like he just He's soft, man. Like, he, he's a good player if he's on the fucking court, but that dude cannot fucking stay healthy. He can't stay. He's got no toughness to just, like, push through any kind of shit going on. Um, I, I feel like they're going to have to fucking... Supposedly, they're not they're not willing to bail from either one of those players. But, like, every analyst is like, you got to get fucking uh, Ben Simmons the fuck out of there. You got to get Ben Simmons the fuck out of there. 
And then uh, Embiid is just a, he's just a big stupid weight to their fucking organization because so much promise, so much potential, but like he'll never be out there long enough to to fulfill that shit. So uh, the Sixers are fucked, and uh, you know that that's that. They fired their fucking coach coming out of uh, getting swept, but yeah, they, they 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 don't have any fucking pieces there. They're all they're all wrapped up. Um. Like I said earlier, struggling with Sozio. Um, check out, obviously, Shaheen's doing this recording here. So check him out at uh, Nuclear Heat Graphics. Uh, he's he's doing all sorts of commissions, doing his thing over there. Um, he does Garden of Doom. Um, he, he's got names for fucking everything, man. He's got He's got brands on top of brands on top of brands. So check him out for sure doing his thing. And, I, and as always, I appreciate recording this thing. I still don't know what the fuck's going on with the, the vlog talk or whatever. I, I just upload the shit to there and just move on. Um, and uh, I got Madden. Madden 21. Yesterday. So the shit's just going down. You know what I mean? Shit is going down. Shit is looking legit as a motherfucker. And, you know, I'm taking on all challengers. You know, you, you you show up on that Madden, man. You know, you, you're going to see a 49er team ready for war. I'm one and one. So, I mean, yeah, what can you do? Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's tight. I like it a lot. So, I think that's about all I got. Um, I think I covered everything I wanted to cover. So, yeah. I think that's it. Um Thanks for listening. Uh, you know, get some topics loaded up and this and this. And uh, check you motherfuckers out next week. Peace.